A flock of pelicans, their white wings dyed apricot by the setting sun, sailed low over the acacia trees of the garden with a sound like tearing silk, and the sudden swish of their passing sent Alice's heart into her throat and dried her mouth with panic. The shadows of the stately birds flicked across her and were gone, and she leaned weakly against the gate of the plumbago hedge and fought for control. It was absurd and childish to allow herself to become so hag-ridden by fear that the mere passing of a flight of birds could set her flinching and cowering, but she could not help herself. She had fought fear for too long, and now, at last, she had reached the limits of endurance. She would have to leave Kenya, she and Eden. Surely he would see that she could not stand any more. For now, in addition to her fear of the country, there was her terror of the house. Alice had always been afraid of Kenya. It seemed to her a savage and uncivilized land full of brooding menace, in which only M's luxurious house had provided a narrow oasis of safety and comfort. But now there was no longer any safety anywhere, for strange things had been happening in the house of late. Inexplicable, malicious, frightening things. It was the cat, declared Zachariah, the old grey-haired Kikuyu who had served M for almost forty years, explaining away the first appearance of the invisible vandal who had taken to haunting the house. Who else could have thrown down the Kong Shi vase from the top of the cabinet where it had stood for so many years? There had been no wind. As for the bottle of red ink that had rolled unstoppered across the carpet, upon which the Memsab set such store, there had been a bird in the room. See, here was a feather. Poisson must have pursued it, and in doing so knocked over both ink bottle and vase. But M had not believed it. She had stormed and raged and questioned the African servants, but to no avail. And later... When other things were broken or defaced, Zachariah had made no further mention of Pusser. He and the other house servants had gone about their duties with scared faces and starting frightened eyes, and M, too, had said nothing more. She had only become quieter and looked grim and grey and very old. Lady Emily de Brett, M. de Brett of Flamingo, had come to Kenya as a bride in the colony's early days, and she and her husband Gerald had been among the first white settlers in the Rift Valley. Gerald had never looked upon Kenya as anything more than a Tom Tiddler's ground, but the seventeen-year-old Emily had taken one look at the great golden valley with its cold craters and savage lava falls, its lily-strewn lakes and its vast herds of game, and had fallen in love with it as some women fall in love with a man.